Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we feature an interview with Zambia national team midfielder Enoch Mwepu, who plays for RB Salzburg in Austria. Now, Sajo Mane and Takumi Minamino were both at RB Salzburg before moving to Liverpool. So could Mwepu be destined for greater things? I'm a player who's, who believes in myself. I, I'm a player who really settles very well in everywhere I go. And uh, I just want to like give my best in everything. Also a look at the African roots of Bayern Munich speedy left-back Alfonso Davies and Stewart assesses the chances of newly promoted English Premier League club West Brom. But let's start with a story we've covered twice in recent weeks and now Didier Drogba has been told he's not eligible to stand in upcoming elections to be the next president of the Ivory Coast Football Federation. Well, it was tough from the start for the Elephants and Chelsea legend as he struggled to get the backing of the special interest groups and now the Federation's electoral commission has ruled that he didn't fulfil their long list of eligibility criteria. So it's the end of the road for Drogba. There had been concerns that he's never watched a league match in Ivory Coast and that to last year he didn't watch the national team at the Nations Cup in Egypt. Uh, but on the other hand, when he went to submit papers at the Ivory Coast Football Federation in Abidjan, he was mobbed by hundreds of supporters, showing how popular he is. But for now at least, Drogba won't be the president of the Ivory Coast Football Federation. Let's go to the UEFA Champions League and, uh, well, last uh, Sunday's final wasn't as exciting as most of us were expecting, uh, but with Bayern Munich beating Paris Saint-Germain 1-0, there was something of an African triumph with Bayern's speedy left-back Alfonso Davies, who impressed in the competition and he's got an amazing story, Ida. Simply amazing, Steve. And to think that Davis was pretty much unknown, even as recently as two years ago. I mean, his journey is definitely something else. Well, the 19-year-old was born to Liberian parents, but was born in Ghana. It was at a refugee camp, actually, because his family were then fleeing the Liberian Civil War. Now, for some who might remember, it was a war that left over 150,000 people dead and half a million displaced, Steve. But Davis's family, well, they were fortunate enough to go to Canada when he was around five years old. Davis, by the way, is the fourth of six children and reportedly in high school, his talent was undeniable. At the age of 14, well, the MLS came calling, specifically the Vancouver Whitecaps, wanting to sign him. But, Steve, and um, this is where it gets interesting <laughs> because in a parallel universe, well, Davis's football success might never even have happened. You see, his mother initially turned down the offer from Vancouver before changing her mind. Well, she reportedly just wasn't into the whole football thing and also thought that Davis was much too young um, at just 14 for everything that was coming his way. 
But needless to say, look, the achievements from there came quickly. I mean, he got his MLS debut, aged just 15, became the youngest player in Canada men's history after getting his citizenship, won the Golden Boot, Steve, at the 2017 CONCACAF Gold Cup, as well as the tournament's Young Player of the Year award. All this culminated with him uh, being named the Canadian Men's Player of the Year. Long story short, well, he caught the eye of Europe, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and uh, several clubs came calling. I mean, from the EPL to the French top flight, but Davis and his team ultimately went with Bayern Munich for what was then a record fee paid to an MLS club. Now, Many thought it was because of the emphasis that German football places on youth development. And to be honest, look, their strategy came true because ideally, well, Davis and yet another youngster, Kingsley Coleman, well, they were brought into Bayern Munich were then groomed as possible replacements for the aging veterans, you know, the likes of Frank Ribery and Aryan Robin. And that transition was almost seamless because, Steve, from the outside at least looking in, the club barely felt the absence of the two legends. Davis was also the face of Canada's successful bid to co-host the 2026 World Cup uh, that will be with Mexico and the United States. And I know many, and especially after this last win, will be looking forward to see what he can do at that global level. Yeah, and just 19 years old, there must be great things ahead for Alfonso Davis. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to our interview with Zambia national team midfielder Enoch Mwepu, who plays for RB Salzburg in Austria and helped them to a hat-trick of league titles last season. Well, Mwepu started in both of RB Salzburg's games against Liverpool in the Champions League last season, and he played in a friendly against the Reds on Tuesday, with his fellow Zambian Pats and Dakar scoring twice in a 2-2 draw. Well, the Austrian season starts this weekend with the first round of the Austrian Cup and Mwepu spoke to Mark Gleeson on the Kasafa podcast and first asked for his reflections on last season. It was a great season for me. I think I did a lot of uh, things. I improved a lot and I worked so hard that I, uh, that I, worked, that I played a lot of games. Um, it's a season that I always uh, remember because... Uh, it was a season that we played the first Champions League for the club and of course for me as a player. So it was a great season that I participated in the Champions League and we won the championship and the OFP Cup. So it was a great, great season for me. And obviously as a young boy growing up in Zambia, you would know a lot about English football. What was it like for you to go onto the field there at Anfield and, and, and play against the mythical Reds of Liverpool? Yeah, for me, for me, it was, uh, it was a dream come true. I've always, uh, been seeking for, for, to have a chance to play at that stadium. And I hope that, uh, in the coming future, I'll have a chance to play with Liverpool because that's my dream team. So for me, it was, uh, it was everything that I've wanted in my football career and going at, at, at that stadium, playing with those players, Having the, the the atmosphere, it it was amazing, and I'm looking forward to have such kind of uh, of atmosphere in my career. 
And I suppose when you look at uh, Sadio Mane, he's at pretty much the same path that you are on at the moment. You know, he's also come yeah. through Salzburg. So that yeah. must be a big inspiration for you. Yeah, yeah. Sadio Mane has, has been an inspiration to me. Kate as well. Minamino also. So I'm looking forward to, to, to go through also to what they have passed through. I'm, I'm working extra hard that uh, one day hopefully I'm gonna have a chance that uh, that I'll use the same route like Sergio Mane, Keita, and Minamino to play for Liverpool. And which uh, which player's shirt did you get at the end of the game? <laughs> uh, I got for for the captain uh, Jordan Henderson. So it was it was nice. Yeah, it, yeah, I have it now. So I always look at it and and I just wish that one day I'm gonna play with, alongside him. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And then Enoch, you you set you seem to have settled so well and so quickly in Europe. Uh, I mean, was it easy for you? H- how did you make that transition? Uh, because looking from the outside, I mean, we look at you play and your success. You seem to have, have glided straight into the European scene without any hiccups whatsoever. Yeah, I would say for me it wasn't uh, it wasn't that difficult because uh, I'm a player who's, who believes in myself. I I'm a player who really settles very well in everywhere I go, and uh, I just want to like give my best in everything. Um, I say I'm a good I'm a quick learner <laughs> in that way. So. Yeah, I would say the way that the food and stuffs were a bit difficult for me to 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 get in well, but I managed to pull through that. And when it comes to the game, I just give my best in everything, try to to be part of the team, you know, not like uh, I just joined the team and stuff. So I just all the, all the time try to work extra hard and give my best for the team so that I, I settle in well, pay attention to the language as well. So so that I'm not lost, you know. So I try my best to to come in, mm. to come in fast and uh, be a part of the of the team. So it wasn't that difficult for me to settle in Salzburg. And, and how much of it is mental? I mean, obviously you need talent and you need skill. You need to have something on the field uh, for these European clubs to sign you. But for young African players to find their way in Europe, how how mentally tough do you need to be? I think for me, what I've come to find out is that. Um, Every player who has the right mentality, they always succeed. So for me, I have a right mentality. I'm disciplined. I, I'm, I'm a professional player. So I have to have a good character. I have to have a good attitude, both on and off the pitch. So I think if many young African players have the right mentality to succeed, to push through, to work extra hard, I think everyone can make it. So I think this is one of the things that has helped me to settle here in Europe and and also, maybe you need some luck, and you need to uh, you need to to have talent as well, you know. So this is a, this is a great thing that most Africans that uh, they need to succeed here in Europe. So I think the right mentality is the way, is, the, is the best key thing. That's Zambia and RB Salzburg midfielder Enoch Mwepu talking to Mark Gleeson on the Kasafa podcast. Well, as we heard there, Sadio Mane and Takumi Minamino were both at Salzburg before moving to Liverpool. Uh, so Mwepu and his fellow Zambian Pats and Daka could be destined for greater things, Ida. 
Well, Steve, Salzburg has traditionally paved the way for several African stars and some of the top stars in global football as well, um, the likes of Nabi Keita, even Arling Haaland as well before his move to Borussia Dortmund. As for Enoch Mwepu, well, he's come a long way from his days at the local clubs in Lusaka and for him to solidify a place in the Salzburg starting eleven at least to me, says quite a bit, because he was uh, signed by Salzburg and then loaned out to one of the club's feeder teams before making his comeback. He then made his debut in uh, Salzburg's 4-3 loss to Liverpool. That was in the Champions League. And Steve, if you remember, and if you were like many of us, while Salzburg didn't qualify for the knockout rounds, I mean, they stole pretty much everyone's hearts with their brilliant performances against the likes of Liverpool and Napoli. And it does seem, truth be told, (laughs) it does seem that Liverpool has a penchant for African players and especially coming from Salzburg, you know, the likes of um, Keita, as we've mentioned, and Sadio Mane, you know. And Mwepu took to his social media to thank Liverpool's Jeannie Wijnaldum for giving him his jersey after that friendly. And Steve, who knows? One day it might just be vice versa with uh, Mwepu giving his shirt away to an excited player. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on where Lionel Messi might go if he does indeed leave Barcelona. You can follow us on Twitter at PlanetSportFA and on our website, planetsport.tv. There's an interview that you can read with Zambia's Patson Dacker, who we mentioned just now. And there's a blog on disappointment with teams like Barcelona and Manchester City licking their wounds. Russ Bravo in the UK writes that it's not failing that matters, but getting up again. And he gives us a taster of his blog here. It's a painful but common experience, and even Man City and Man United players have had to taste its bitterness over the last week or two. As sports fans, we know this all too well. When I was at school, everyone into football wanted to support one of two teams, Man United or Liverpool. Why? They were the most successful. They seemed to win most of the games they played and regularly won domestic cups and titles, as well as sometimes succeeding in Europe. We were glory hunters, really. Most of us had very little connection with either team. We lived in Sussex in the south of England. Most of us had never even been to Manchester or Liverpool. So I tired of the trophy hunting and in my teens began following my local side, Brighton and Hove Albion. Hardly a football hotbed at the time, the club's trophy cabinet was rather bare and it had spent most of its life scuffling around the lower divisions of the Football League. A last gasp draw at Hereford United saved us from disappearing into non-league. Our beloved Goldstone ground sold to developers and we were exiled for several seasons, playing home games 80 miles away in Gillingham. Lots of disappointment and very little glory was the lot of the Brighton fan for most of the 90s. Returning to a converted athletics track stadium in Brighton in August 1999, it's been an upward path since, with a holy grail of promotion to the Premier League achieved in May 2017. We've probably got a few glory hunters of our own now, but for most long-standing Brighton fans, comparative success now is all the sweeter for many years of failure, poor football and regular disappointment. 
Successful athletes who win titles, break records, achieve their goals and make the most of their potential will often point out that, alongside talent and hard work, learning from the tough times has proven vital. Coping with failure builds character, perseverance and stamina. Thanks there to Russ Bravo. You can read his blog on It's Not Failing That Matters But Getting Up Again on our website, planetsport.tv. You go there and you click on the blog section to get there. Well, to social media now, and last week we asked, what's the best plan for Barcelona after their 8-2 defeat to eventual winners Bayern Munich in the Champions League quarterfinals with coach Kike Setien and sporting director Eric Abadel both subsequently fired? Well, there was talk a couple of weeks ago of Cristiano Ronaldo moving to Barcelona to play alongside Lionel Messi. Well, thanks for all of your comments again this week, and here to present them is Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. I should say these comments were sent in before we heard the news of Lionel Messi handing in his transfer request. Thanks, Steve. And we uh, start today with Usman Mohamed in Cameroon, who says, to me, I can say almost 80% of the Barcelona players are old and they need a good backup. The club needs to offload all the old players, plus the president, and let the team have a fresh start. If not, the worst is still to happen. Our teams are growing every day, and we have seen that with a German side Leipzig this season. Now, this is my humble opinion, says Usman. And Obina in Nigeria agrees the best plan for Barcelona is to offload most of the old players apart from Messi, says Obina. Messi could then tutor the young ones before he retires. The situation now is that it is the end of an era for Barcelona, but Cristiano Ronaldo will never join Barcelona. However, Julius Caesar Nyinibe in Uganda disagrees the plan to bring Ronaldo to Barca would bring more life and money to the club, says Julius. They need to buy new impact players and sell some of the older ones. Meanwhile, in the Gambia, Baba S. Turai agrees that uh, changes are needed. Uh, Barcelona should offload people like Pique, Suarez, Vidal and Rakitic in order to buy young, talented players, uh, says Baba. Uh, they should look to the Bundesliga to find a successor for Pique. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in the United States. It's a tough time to be a Barcelona fan with all what has happened to the club, says Gemo. Yes, Barcelona needs to start rebuilding the squad and they also need to make changes to the management as well. Most of the current Barca players shouldn't be starters on the team sheet. Football is going back to a lot of running and intensity, which even Real Madrid has had to adapt to, says Gemo. We go to Ghana now and Adela Akafia says Barca needs a strong technical team and they shouldn't have fired the coach and sporting director but rather put them on probation as for bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo to Barca that will never happen. This is not the end of the team but it is one of the biggest pitfalls that has ever happened to them. If they can rewatch the game against Bayern and learn from their mistakes it will help resuscitate them says Della. And we also welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa. And here's Alimani Fofana in The Gambia. Messi is the best player for Barcelona. Still now, no matter how they defeat in 10 or 11-0, Messi is still their best player. Then the old players for me, I don't want those old players to leave because they are having experience. If you let those old players go, you bring younger players. Yeah, they'll come and play for you, but you might think about the experience those guys have. Before those guys come to the system again, it will take some time. 
Minor Martin Moses in Kenya believes Abbas's problems are in the leadership. Barcelona's problems are so deep and start from the very top level, says Martin. The current president, Josep Maria Bartomeu, has run down the club and failed in his job. With his term coming to an end next March, Abasa needs to look at how they will phase out the older members of their squad and plan for a post-Messi era. And this can't happen when the current board keeps buying 30-year-olds to replace 23-year-olds with Ronald Koeman in as head coach. Messi needs to stay. Koeman seems to know what he is doing and Messi can rely on him to dig them out of this mess, says Martin. Musa Cham in the Gambia agrees that Barca's problems start at the top. The best for Barca now is for the president to resign and elections to be held as soon as possible to allow a new board to come in and save the club. The whole problem is the president. He has ruined the club and the La Masia Academy. The old players should go so they can give chances to the academy players. The board have wasted a lot of money on non-necessary players who don't fit the style, says Musa. Godfrey in Uganda agrees that Abasa should invest in young players. First, I think the sacking of both Setien and Abidal were uncalled for, says Godfrey. Letting go of older players might be an immediate solution to some, but is Abasa ready to go for some years without winning titles to grow the younger players into what the management and the fans want? Do they have that kind of patience? An Ambrose Bass in the Gambia agrees that youth is the answer. The best plan for Barca is to offload Messi and all the old players and bring in young players and look to the young prospects in their academy, says Ambrose. Bakari Nyasi in the United Arab Emirates agrees Barcelona need to offload some of their old players and inject new players in the team, says Bakari. They also need to work on their defense very well and work on their La Masia Academy, which is not producing quality players like before, because in the past the La Masia Academy produced so many quality players such as Xavi, Iniesta, Fabregas, Busquets, Sergio and Roberto, just to name a few. Right, well thanks Ephraim, that's Ephraim Tagu there. As I say, those comments were received before the news came of Messi handing in his transfer request. One thing most people there are agreeing on is that Barca do need to replace older players with youngsters, especially from their academy. Thanks to all who got in touch, and let's go now to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK, and staying with Barca and Messi, he's not certain to leave Barcelona. Uh, There might be a legal battle over the clause in his contract that allows him to leave but uh, where might he move on to Stuart? Steve I wonder if Lionel Messi listens to the program because last week we discussed whether the great Barcelona team had come to the end and rather concluded that it had and then next week Messi decides he wants to leave. It seems an appropriate moment therefore to assess his career. He's now 33, has been at Barcelona for 17 years He played 485 league games, scoring a staggering 4-4-4 goals, almost a goal per game. He helped Barcelona win La Liga 10 times and the Champions League 4 times. He's won the Ballon d'Or 6 times and just about anything else it's possible to win as an individual. He played for Argentina 138 times, but I wonder if his career disappointment is that he never won the World Cup. The nearest was 2014 when Argentina lost 1-0 to Germany in the final. 
He also was in the Argentina team that won the Olympics in 2008, beating Nigeria, a game I was privileged to be in the stadium to watch. Messi is a player of amazing skill, an individual, but also a team player. He has scored a phenomenal number of goals, but is not an out-and-out striker. And he's had 285 assists during his career. But of course, that's not the whole story in terms of the number of chances he's created. Barcelona has been unquestionably the best club side in the world over the past 15 years, and Messi has been at the centre of it. But if he leaves Barcelona, where can he go? Unless he wants to go back to Argentina or something like that and is willing to take a massive pay cut, I can only see him going to England or Italy, or I suppose possibly PSG in Paris. Might Manchester City be interested in taking him on? Of course, Pep Guardiola knows him well from their days together in Barcelona. And what about Manchester United? Could he be the player to turn a good Manchester United side into a great one? Watch this space. It's going to be interesting to see who can afford Messi. So after the Champions League final last weekend, just two weeks now to the start of the new English Premier League season, and our club's uh, getting busy, Stuart. It's been a good week for Dean Henderson, the Manchester United goalkeeper who was on loan at Sheffield United last season. He was included in the England squad, and he also signed a five-year contract back at Manchester United, worth, allegedly, $150,000 a week. If he is Manchester United's first choice, and even England number one by the end of the season, I would not be surprised. Steve, it's good news on the question of when fans will be allowed to return to watch football, because Brighton have got a friendly this coming weekend, and they're going to be allowed to have 2,500 fans just to see how that works. And there's other experiments being tried in the hope that perhaps by October we can have fans attending Premier League games regularly. Well, so we'll see how that goes. Also on Saturday, the community shield between champions Liverpool and FA Cup winners Arsenal. That's at Wembley, but with no fans allowed for that game. Uh, so now let's uh, finish off our look at the newly promoted teams in the English Premier League. We've talked about Leeds and about Fulham. What about the chances of West Brom, Stuart? West Brom and Albion were promoted by finishing second in the championship but they seem to be doing their best to avoid automatic promotion because they drew three and lost one of their last four games. But fortunately for them, Brentford, who finished third, were having an equally panicky end to the season. Slavin Village is the manager, and this is his first season, so he did well to get promotion first time round. Village, of course, is a familiar figure in the Premier League, having been manager of West Ham United and also played four seasons in the Premier League. And he's from Croatia and was the national team manager for six years. West Brom has a history. The club has won the FA Cup five times, but most recently in 1968. They also won the League Cup in the 60s. They were champions of England once, but that was back in 1920. Recently, they've been one of those so-called yo-yo clubs that seem to go up and down between the Premier League and the Championship. 2008, promoted to the Premier League. 2009, relegated. 2010, promoted again. Then they spent eight years in the Premier League, including finishing eighth in 2013. Great performance that year. But then were relegated 2018. 2019 got to the playoffs, but didn't get up. And then this season, automatic promotion. The club is based in Birmingham, England's second city. 
which has three professional clubs, Aston Villa and West Brom in the Premiership and Birmingham City in the Championship. The West Brom Stadium, the Hawthorns, holds 26,000 and last season they were regularly getting crowds in excess of 20,000. I mentioned that they had won trophies in the 1960s and unusually for that era, they had three black players, Brendan Batson, Cyril Regis and Laurie Cunningham, who were nicknamed the Three Degrees after a singing group of three black females. The current team has two African players, Semi Ajayi, who was born in England but has adopted Nigerian nationality and has won 11 caps for Nigeria. And last season he was a regular in the team. Ahmed Hagazi is in his third season. He's from Egypt and has been an outstanding player in their defence. I think the current squad of players would struggle in the Premier League. But in this unusual season in which they will be starting Premier League fixtures in two weeks, but have still got two months of transfer window to strengthen the squad. There's still time for Slavin Bilic to do something about that. And in Bilic, they have a manager with a lot of experience of the Premier League, and if I might say so, mainly in the bottom half, which is just what they need. Yes, and we're asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. Who do you think will do best of the newly promoted English Premier League teams? Will it be West Brom, who Stuart's been telling us about just now? Or would it be the former Giants, Leeds United? Or Fulham, who've gone straight back up after relegation in 2018? Who's going to do best of the newly promoted teams? You can go to our Facebook page and post a comment there. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers and Ephraim Tagu in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.